Hey, welcome to episode five of the Finding Clarity podcast. This is George Cannon, and once again, I'm going to take some time to answer a Bible question or a question that you might have about Christianity. This is really an important episode for the Finding Clarity podcast, because if you remember, we started out saying that this podcast would be an experiment. We noticed that there was a need in our church to have questions answered that people had about Christianity, but weren't necessarily finding the opportunity for those questions to be answered through the opportunities that we had here at the church. So we decided to do this podcast, and we said that we would do about five weeks of them and then assess whether or not we were getting a good response. Well, up until this point, we've been getting a great response with these podcasts, and we're going to continue to answer questions in the coming weeks and maybe hopefully the coming months uh, for you concerning Christianity. Today we're going to uh, really deal with a major question that sometimes folks struggle with. It's usually those who are new in the faith. They've been reading the scripture and they see that Jesus talks about that there is a sin that cannot be forgiven and it's known as the unpardonable sin. So our question today that we're going to kind of wrestle with is, can I commit the unpardonable sin? It's also known as the unforgivable sin. It's mentioned in the Gospels, but we're going to focus specifically on Matthew's account of the unpardonable sin and kind of discuss what it is. Now, you might be listening and you might be saying, okay, George, you know, I don't really struggle with that. I maybe I've matured. That's really not an issue that I'm struggling with. Well, what we're going to find is is that how you answer this question can help you when you talk to others, specifically unbelievers, when they say, you know, God can't forgive me for my sin. We're going to see that there is really only one issue that cannot be forgiven and we're going to see whether or not Christians are affected by that. So let's let's kind of look together. You know, I'm in Matthew and it's it's a major section and so I want you to notice with me in Matthew chapter 12 verse 22. Then one was brought to him who was demon possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him, so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will the kingdom stand? If I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. And how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then he will plunder the house. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, 
but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, let's take a look at this passage and uh, come to some conclusions here as we try to answer this question. What we're going to do, first of all, is we're going to see what exactly is going on and why Jesus said what he said. And then we're going to look at what the implications are, what the implications are for you and I as believers who have trusted in Jesus Christ and his finished work for our salvation. And we're going to see what the implications are for non-believers. So first of all, let's look at what the setting is. What's happening here, according to Matthew, is is Jesus is dealing with a man who is demon-possessed. He's blind and he's mute. So Jesus heals the man, casts out the demons. The people who are watching this, the multitudes who are watching this, respond by saying, could this be the son of David, which is a messianic title. So the people are questioning, is this possibly the Messiah? And what happens is, is that the Pharisees, who are already not happy about Jesus, hear this, and they respond that Jesus is doing these miracles, he's casting out these demons by the power of Beelzebub. He's doing it through Beelzebub. Now, Beelzebub means the Lord of the fly, or Lord of flies. It's basically a title for Satan. So they're saying that Jesus is doing these things through the power of Satan. Now, as you move along in the passage, Jesus immediately says, how's that possible? Is Satan divided against himself? Is a kingdom divided against itself? How can it stand? So there's no way that Satan would be allowing me to take down his own kingdom. So he goes on then to point out very clearly that what they are doing is they are against him. He says in verse 30, He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So he's very clearly saying, look, you guys aren't for me. You're against me. That's why you're saying this. And so then he comes up with the statement that causes the confusion with people today. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. So now we get to the place where we're talking about the issue of the unpardonable or the unforgivable sin. What exactly is that? Well, we can really understand what he's talking about here by looking at what's following in this conversation. The very next verse, he talks about the issue of a good or bad tree and that you can know a tree by its fruit. He's basically talking about where they're at and knowing where they're at by the nature of the fruit in their life. This kind of reflects back to Matthew chapter 7, where he talks about that you can tell where people are at by the things that come out of them, by the things they say, and by what 
comes out of them as far as actions. In fact, in verse 34, he says this, Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak such good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what he's talking about here is that when they say these things, when they are ascribing the works of Jesus, which is done through the Holy Spirit, to Satan, it is actually a reflection of where they're at. So now we're kind of getting to the point where we understand exactly what's going on here with the unpardonable sin. What Jesus is saying is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is, is this. When someone rejects Jesus and says that the things that he is doing is the work of Satan, when in reality it was actually the work of the Holy Spirit through Jesus, they are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And so the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit here is, pure and simple, the rejection of the work of God through the person of Jesus Christ. It is the rejection of the Holy Spirit through the person of Jesus Christ. So ultimately what we can say here is this, that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the unpardonable sin, the unforgivable sin, is the rejection of Jesus, the things that God did through Jesus. It is the rejection of the person of Jesus Christ. Okay, now what are the implications of that? The implications for the believer is this. Number one, it is not a sin that a Christian can engage in. It's not a sin. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've come to that place where you've trusted in him and you've committed your life to him and you recognize that he is God and you are following him, you've given your life to him, this is not a sin you can commit. Now, you might say, well, why do people struggle with this sin? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Why do they struggle with the thought that maybe they've committed this sin? I think it has to do with our conscience and guilt concerning a sin in their life and not knowing what to do that with that sin, and number two, not understanding the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So when you have somebody who's struggling with this issue, they're struggling with what they did. Number two, they don't understand the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So the implication there is there's no way possible for a believer to commit this sin. Now, what are the implications for an unbeliever? Well, they're pretty drastic. The implication here is this, rejection of Jesus Christ. And we're not just talking about a one-time rejection, because you can have people who reject Jesus and turn around and get saved and become Christians. We're not talking about a one-time rejection here. We're talking about an ongoing rejection, which is what these Pharisees are doing. Their hearts very much were reflecting an ongoing antagonism towards Jesus and rejection of him. And Jesus is saying... That's an unforgivable sin. That is an unforgivable sin. In fact, when you go to Revelation, which is the passage, Revelation chapter 20, which is the passage concerning the final judgment, it very clearly says that anyone not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Before that, it was talking about the books being opened and their deeds being examined. But what causes somebody to be damned to being placed into the lake of fire is not being found in the book of life, which means they weren't saved, which is the rejection of Jesus Christ. So the unpardonable sin is rejecting Jesus Christ. So 
The implication for an unbeliever is, if you reject Jesus, that's unpardonable. However, there's another implication, because maybe you've talked to somebody, I've talked to someone, and they say, there's no way that God can forgive me. Well, a passage like this tells us very clearly, yes, you can be forgiven. There's only one sin that can't be forgiven, and that's rejecting Jesus Christ. Hope this is helpful to you as uh, you're thinking through those questions. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. There, You can go back and listen to our other podcasts. You can go either through our Facebook page, facebook.com at Finding Clarity Podcast, and you'll be able to see the other episodes that we have already on our webpage. Or you can go to our website on the very front page of KerwinsvilleChristian.org. You can see a link there to the Finding Clarity Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or Google Play. We'd like to hear from you. If you've got questions that you would like answered, please let us know. If you come to church, you can let us know personally, or you can put a note in the offering and say, hey, I've got this question. I'd like it answered. We can get to that. If you don't have a church, we would want you to consider maybe attending our church. We're at 700 State Street in Kerwinsville. Our service is at 1045. We're basically a come-as-you-are church meaning we're pretty laid back and dressed so you can come in whatever you're wearing. You don't have to worry about that. People aren't going to really worry about that. We're just concerned about you coming and learning about Jesus Christ and learning to follow him. Now, again, we want to thank you. And again, we're going to be back next week. Next week, we're going to look at the topic of, is God a bully? Is God a bully? Probably going to take a couple weeks to reflect on that question. But again, we're thankful that you were here today. Hopefully you'll have a good week, and we hope to see you at some point. Take care.